Frank, I just deleted 80 gigs of NuGa packages from my machine. <laughs> oh man, we need uh, a Visual Studio extension that just does it. You know called, what? Like, ooh, is there one? I think it's built in. Uh, in fact, ooh. I remember. I'm pretty. I'm 95% sure. I'm gonna go in. Yeah, look at this. There's literally a button in Visual Studio under the NuGa package manager that says "Clear all NuGa cache." Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, I, th- that's probably good because I I used to understand the dot nougat. It's called dot nougat on Mac. I don't know where it is on Windows. I used to understand that directory layout, but all I really know is packages is roughly safe to delete. Yes, most of the time they'll come Usually. back. They'll come back. I just deleted. I have <laughs> the reason I have so much is because I have three accounts. I have a work account, personal account, streaming account, and I, you know, they're they're all the nougats are per account now maybe there's a way to fix that and i need to ask the team that but like hey put this in a global hey can you put all my nougats in this um in this ssd that's off on the other side you know what i mean that's what i should actually ask them it's a good idea that would probably be easy Uh, sorry on mac you could just do a sim link Hmm. um on over to it that would probably work pretty well Hmm. thanks Pro tip. Pro tip. I'm going to go sim link my uh, NuGet packages directory. Yeah, I used to do, I did a blog post a while ago, which is all about how to clear NuGets, how to clear all of your OBJ and bin files, like all these huge things uh, with a few PowerShell scripts. Um, but yeah, so I just deleted yeah. all of them and I, <laughs> well, I'm, I've, I've claimed I'm back in the blue. I'm back in the blue. It, it's the problem with scripts. Like, I'm sure I've written the script 10 times also. It's yeah. just, where, where where did I put the scripts? How do I run the scripts? Do the scripts work on the new computer? Ugh. I, I wish I wrote more apps than scripts. I should write more one-off apps yeah. that just do things correctly instead of hacky-like. Now, I deleted all these files, but they're all just going to come back, Frank. But I do think my problem was <laughs> is that I've been, this machine is, I mean, I don't think I've cleared my NuGet history in years, probably on this machine. I have these three accounts and I've been, having every single preview of not only .NET MAUI, but of .NET 6 and all of the Windows SDK. So like there's runtimes in there. There's all sorts of stuff in there that makes it quite large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The runtimes are surprising. It, it just downloads runtimes sometimes. Yeah. You know, you need it, it's what NuGet does. Yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, <laughs> I was actually surprised you were telling me how many you had and you had like, three times the amount that I had. And I thought I was terrible because I'm actually a little bit afraid of deleting the packages directory because a lot of my apps reference really old packages. Mm. And I'm always worried that someone's going to like delist, that they're going to left pad me. They're going to delist their package and then I'm going to be stuck. And the only thing that is preserving that right now is my ever-growing packages directory. But I should just stop worrying about that and get on with things. Save that hard drive space. Yes. Save the hard drive space. I mean, it's also hard too, because you, you know, you insult so much stuff and then you never use it again, but like, there's just files all over the place. And we, we use Zencaster to record this and no, no, um, shade on Zencaster. We just did a whole bonus podcast for our, our Patreon subscribers, it was like 20 minutes where we just talked about how your web browser is just caching so much stuff. I mean, Jess, I was looking at, you know, you were looking at your Chrome. I was looking at my edge dev or edge beta, I should say. And I had you know, 10, 15 gigs of stuff because we record a lot of podcasts and those are all cached for some reason. They're all there. I don't need them anymore, (laughs) but they're all there five years later. It's because web apps are apps. Apps have to put data somewhere. 
And unfortunately, the ephemeral nature of web apps, I don't think they always clean up after themselves. There's, there's no reason Zencaster needs to be leaving all those files around there. I've written apps where the very first thing it does, probably as a, as a background task, but the very first thing it does is run like a garbage collection mm. and step and just goes and looks for stuff to go delete just to keep its the app itself nice and tidy podcast apps do that because you you can always get like spurious downloads and things like that and you can use the caches directory on um mac and ios and i'm sure on windows i forget what it's called on windows but um those don't get deleted that often no so they still take up a lot of space <laughs> i don't i don't let my machine get that far down that it needs to have you ever had a machine we know we have a topic for today but have you ever had a machine that's run out of disk space like yeah yeah no my machine yesterday i i almost filed a xamarin bug because i could not install the xamarin ios update from visual studio for mac and the package thing or the package updater uh well it was trying to install two things the profiler and xamarin ios they were the last two things that need to be installed and the packager thing would progress bar progress bar and either just vanish which great <laughs> or it would progress bar progress bar and then say package could not be installed hmm. and i'm like what is this blah 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 and um i forgot what finally told me oh you know what happened i went to the xamarin website sorry the microsoft website to download the big installer because i figured well my installation must just be hosed so i'll go get the actual real big installer downloaded that ran it Fortunately, that installer at the very beginning does um, a hard drive check and mm. checks how much space you have. And it's like, dude, you're all out of space. <laughs> we can't put Xamarin on here. And I'm like, oh, Oops. so that's what sent me down a long path of finding junk to delete. That'll do it. Yeah, I have I've now changed. So like Visual Studio creates all my projects on my um, I have like a I have my main uh, hard drive and then I have like an external SSD that's a lot bigger. All my videos are recorded on the other SSD and then all of my projects and GitHub are all over there. So just for like better management as I'm developing, it's like all that stuff there. And then in Windows, I mapped my OneDrive and I mapped my desktop and like, you know, downloads folder to the, the D drive, like the external Smart. folder too. It takes a lot of work and not everything respects it here and there. And it makes it yeah. really tricky when you open a terminal and you're like, I got to switch to D and then I got to do this other thing. And like, you know, when I, cause you're, you can still worse. Yeah. P permissions, permissions. Yeah. So I have uh, a video editor. I like to use DaVinci resolve, but it loves to just uh, write out files everywhere. And it was writing out too many files. So I mapped a directory, you know, onto an external drive, but now Mac, what am I on? Catalina, whatever, vaguely newish, <laughs> just absolutely will not let the software write to things, even though all the permissions are right, because it has some weird external disk permission that goes over everything. And even though you give it full disk access, for some reason, it still pops up errors. So yay, permissions. It. Yeah, <laughs> permissions. We're not talking about file structures and clearing stuff, even though we just did for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> We're talking about actual development stuff and continuing on our C Sharp themed shows. We're talking about nullability. Ooh, yeah. So the, the, I wanted to talk about this because we just did an episode on a C-Sharp 10 feature, the controversial C-Sharp 10 feature. That's true. 
And um, I ran into kind of a funny little bug in my own software, a little bit of bit rot. Some old code wasn't compiling. And I ran into what I think is a pretty modern C-sharp feature, but it turns out it's just a C-sharp 9 feature. So everyone, we're still covering C-sharp 9. And this one, James, is the is not null kind of syntax. So we've had is before for pattern matching. Did you know that you can say is not in pattern matching? Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Easy peasy. I think, uh, well, there's an is operator. I guess there is an is not operator. Yes. Yeah, but it's, and it's not nine. the ex. Right. It's not the exclamation point. It's actually the word not. Oh, do you know what it's, and, you know what it's officially called? Ooh, uh, no. It's a negation pattern. Wow, negation pattern. Right, because the thing to the right of it is a pattern. So I said null. Null is like the simplest pattern, match null. Uh, the, uh, the more interesting patterns are you do the curly braces and the property syntax. Mm. I haven't been using those too much in my code, they're, but they're definitely kind of an F-sharp feature, and I kind of love them. But I just haven't been putting them in my C-sharp code because it feels a little funny. But that's cool. So you could give it a pattern and say, yeah, don't match anything whose name is equal to James. Not James. Love it. Yes. And I think this came about because, you know, there's always been patterns. If we think about just patterns, these are logical patterns. Um, But, you know, C sharp eight added switch expression patterns. And then there's rational patterns, logical patterns, property patterns. There's all these different sort of pattern matching things that enables you to do in your code. So when you are, you know, doing switches, you can do pattern matching over it. So for example, when you think of uh, relational, that is saying like, you know, something is less than a certain dollar amount or, or number yeah. or then greater than something. But then logical is the is, is not, and that's called negation. There's conjunctive, that's with an and. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. disjunctive, which is with an or. Well, did the, I'm learning so much about patterns. Frank, this is like a great yeah. document. I'm going to link it in our Zencaster over here. It's so good. Um, I'm learning. They're so powerful, especially those relations. I yad when you said the relations because I was like, you know, that that's something F-sharp doesn't really have. Mm. It doesn't have the comparison operators, less than or equal, greater than or equal, greater, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Those are really definitely interesting. And I always forget whether you should use ampersand, ampersand, or the word and. But in general, when you're doing patterny stuff, you use the word and, you use the word or, you use the word not, not the logic symbols for those. So the null stuff, though, is a little weirder. Yes. <laughs> Can I tell you about uh, a breaking change, bit rot little story here? So this all comes down to our old friend, CG Color. You remember CG Color? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Core graphics color. It's it's what all the Mac pla- Apple platforms use. If you've done Apple, you've run in its CG color. I had one really innocuous lo- line of code in my code. And it said something like, there's a CG color variable out there. Let's call it color. And it said, uh, if color equals equals null, blah, 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 go on and do stuff. Okay. That that's fine, right, James? It's fine. Do you uh, agree? Yeah, that seems good. So this this object is null. Yeah, yeah. That's not some, yeah. That sounds correct. That yeah. would be before we have like a is 
type of thing. And in fact, a lot of people, sure. I think again, which we're talking about like last for like performance, like people are like, do you use is, or do you use equals equals? Like, how do you right. string string dot empty versus this? And then we come down to, it doesn't really matter. Well, in this case, it matters. It yeah, very unless much it matters. matters. Unless it matters. It doesn't matter <laughs> unless it matters. Well, it mattered so much in this case that I am changing my style. I am 100% is, uh, in on the is pattern. <laughs> and this is something um, Jared Parsons on Twitter, he's part of the compiler team, the C-sharp compiler team. He has very hard promoted that we should all be using is and is not null for null checks, specifically because of this problem that I ran into. So what happened? Um, whoever maintains CG color decided, you know what? CG color needs an operator overload of the equals equals operator. That, oh, yes, yes, yes. So yes. They, they implemented I equatable. Correct. Right. And they didn't take you know, there's the dot equals that every object has, mm -hmm. every managed object in C-sharp has, but then there's the equals equals, and they're separate. And that's one of the trickier parts in learning uh, C-sharp, how to handle those two different things. But in the case of equals equals, you say that it can be compared to, well, what would you think it can be compared to? Another CG color object. Totally. Yep. Right. But now, now, <laughs> let's put all these great new C-sharp 9 and 10 features together. We have nullability checking in C-sharp now. And um, so I run, I, I love nullability. I love reference nullability. So I run with warnings turned on to errors and check nullability. Are you that crazy? Do you, do you run in that mode? Uh, no, you're no. a little intense for me. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm hardcore. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's good. I want the software quality, man. I'm, I'm all about the quality. Uh, so what happened was the equals equals operator, uh, they don't handle the null case, even though they uh, it's annotated. It's, it's not annotated, I guess, in this case. It expects to receive a full CG color. Therefore, you cannot compare, when you have nullability checking, you cannot compare a CG color to null because there is no operator to do that comparison. Oh. The default equals equals operator uses dot equals. I think, no, actually I might be wrong there too. So everyone watch out, equals is confusing in C sharp. <laughs> but what this came down to was uh, the compiler refused to compare color to null. Isn't that funny? Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> huh is right. Um, so that stinks. Uh, this is a general rule of when you override the equals equals operator for reference type objects, which CG color was, it can have the value null. You have to have a version of that that can kind of take objects or that is comparable to null. So your second parameter must be marked as nullable as, you know, has to have the little question mark in C sharp nine and 10. Hmm. But without that, the compiler just won't compile it. So what do you do? Well, Thank goodness we have pattern matching and they they've this this is a known issue so you can say color is what was my example so in this example it was color is null yeah and then everything works the way expect it's not using the equals equals operator it just does its thing gotcha wait so you have to use is or can't use you is? do you have to use is oh. because 
if if you just leave if you don't ever define an equals equals operator for your uh classes then they just use dot equals when oh, you do that yes and dot equals knows how to handle nulls it's it's a part of the spec so that all works the way you'd expect the problem is if you have a reference type object that overrides uh, or overloads one equals equals operator all of a sudden your nullability stuff is out the window and the safest way to compare objects to null is to use the new pattern matching syntax is null is not null everyone switch to those i know it stinks but this burnt me once and you just got to burn me once and I'll, I'm never going to compare to null using equals equals ever again. Well, let's talk about that then. So when you decide to use is or is not specifically in this null case, what path does it go down to figure it's, it out? It's smart. Um, it the, the C sharp compiler knows that this will only ever work with a reference type object. And therefore, it will only ever do reference equality, basically a pointer, but like a, a garbage collected pointer. Got it. So it is the most minimal instruction on the planet. It is fast. There is zero overhead. Jared Parsons is very clear. This is even faster than equals equals because equals equals could have all sorts of weird dispatches associated with it. So um, uh, the pattern matching, although it's kind of powerful syntax, it really does compile down into fast and efficient code. Got it. So really, it sounds like the equals equals or dot equals when we want to use that. It's more of, hey, does this does this object actually equal this other object? Properties yeah. normally. Yeah, exactly. We call that structural equality in uh, F sharp, where you're going, yeah, field by field, property by property, making sure that they're equal. And in general, you should only ever do that to structs and records in C sharp. Most of the time, you don't really override equals equals in reference type objects, mm. mainly because of this bug. <laughs> or it's not a bug, you know, mainly because of this confusion that it can cause. You just don't do it. Um, but sometimes it gets done <laughs> to very big libraries that you depend on and you can't really change it. And it's hard to make an argument to change it back since the workaround is pretty simple, but, but isn't it weird? Isn't it weird how you can make a breaking change in the most subtle of ways? Yeah. It's a, you don't even think about it. You know what I mean? You're just like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to yeah. implement this thing. And this makes logistical sense to me. And I, I can't blame the developer either because I would have written the exact same code. I never remember this problem with equals equals uh, being over overloadable, overridable. I keep changing which one I'm saying. <laughs> um, but that that's been a fun thing. Um, even so, some are more. I, I think I'm, it's all my fault because I run with warnings as errors, because other things will happen to in the API. Something that uh, used to return not nullable also and returns nullable because they realized maybe a binding was incorrect or the annotation was just missed, you know, just an error or something like that. But it breaks my build <laughs> whenever like uh, the main libraries get updated. 100% my fault for running with uh, warnings turned on with errors or you know what I mean? But yeah. I still love that setting. Yeah. I feel like, are you also turning nullable on? in all of your applications, the enable flag for that? Pretty much. Um, I have, so all my old apps know 
Uh, my old apps are maybe like 20% nullable turned on. Mm. It's really nice because in the project, you can turn them all off and then file by file, you can turn them on. So little parts. I actually have a policy. Whenever I get a null reference exception in a piece of code in an old app, I take the time and convert that entire file over to nullable enabled. Ah. So that's how I've been slowly, progressively um, improving my old apps and honestly finding a ton of bugs because I definitely was wishy-washy with how I handled nulls. And that's why I'm happy to see nullability turned on by default in .NET 6. I think that's right in like a .NET new console. <laughs> and it's why I'm slowly putting it into my apps <laughs> with with errors. With errors. <laughs> with errors. Yeah. I mean, that's the important Break the part. Build. You got to have some errors and they're not a big deal. I mean, yeah, I think that's a great way of doing it. Uh, I have slowly been flipping on as many flags as I can in my apps. And, you know, I'm still spinning up some, you know, older Xamarin Forms projects as well. And I'm deciding what to flip on, what not to flip on. I'm like, hmm, well, will my build server like support that stuff? It should. It should. Yeah. yeah so that's <laughs> the only tricky part. Like, does it have the latest bits? It should. Like, because right now we're in a place where I would like to use, you know, implicit usings and C sharp 10 features, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if app center has the .NET six SDK and what it'll do, but all this other stuff, but there's another thing too, you know, in .NET six, there's a new API for checking nulls. Oh, <laughs> uh, for what? Tell me more. If you want, I don't know this. If you want to throw an exception. Aha, I know this one. Um, argument. Wait, I, I can do this. Argument exception dot throw if null or something like that. Yeah. Argument null exception dot throw if null and then give it the object. Nailed and then it. it will it will handle awesome. it for you. Now, that's not going to help you in your case because um, you're checking the is flag in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, worse, I actually got the null reference exception first because yeah. um, obviously I wouldn't have gone back to fix old code. I don't do that, but I actually got a null reference exception. And then um, I don't I didn't want to throw in that code In that code. I was doing our classic caching thing of you, you create it only when you need it. Yeah. And that's why I was checking for null. Um, talking about nulls, uh, Swift mm -hmm has an interesting concept called, um, did we talk about this before? We may have, but now we're on the nullability train. So mm -hmm. Swift has an interesting concept called guarding. You know about guarding? Yeah, yeah. Um, the D language has it also. It's a lot like, um, I think of it more like, well, what, what it really is, it's a backwards if statement. <laughs> but it's used a lot like how we use our using statements in C Sharp. But it's a backwards if. So if the logic in it matches, then uh, shoot, I got it backwards. <laughs> it, it's more it's a backwards if. <laughs> it's a backwards if. It's like, you know, only continue if not null, basically. Sure. <laughs> something like that well what's yeah what's nice about it is if you did your did a whole bunch of nested if statements they just kind of look nasty and the alternative to nested nested if statements is um early out if statements and things like that yes and you do a bunch of early out if statements all of a sudden you kind of want the backward syntax for it because you're getting tired of putting not in front of everything yes and so you get guard yeah i mean that's I am curious if C sharp would get it because it wouldn't it 
it's not a big feature to add to the language. It's at a pretty simple part of the compiler. It'd be pretty simple to implement. Um, yeah, well, I'm curious. Never asked that question. Funny that you mentioned that because there's actually a community toolkit and there is the diagnostics library, which is a .NET standard library. And they have like an MVV, MVVM one and this other stuff. So it's not even Windows mm. specific. And in here they have guard and i believe also i want to say what's his name artilus steve smith i want to say also has a library that also does this maybe he reached out to us as well but this one has it so this is a good one where you know this isn't exactly this is the opposite of what you want to do but basically they're saying like you know it's it's a weird way of putting it right but they're like here's what your code looks like with all these lines of if statements but really what you want to do is like guard you're guarding the bottom of the method against the possibilities of what may happen above. So you're saying guard is not null guard has size greater than or equal to guard is in range for guard has size less than or equal to guard is not empty or null and you give it things. And yeah, as long as it is not null, it passes the guard, which makes sense. Like if you think about a guard, the guards like thou shall not pass unless you are not null. And then you're like, hey, yeah. I'm not null. I got a whole color over here, man. <laughs> Let me through. So the guard lets you through. And and I, I first saw this in Swift. And now, like you said, it, it you probably came from other other things as well. But it seems to be very popular in Swift, at least. And I don't know if this is going to become a trend. And I think it would become a trend if you it did become part of the language, probably. Yeah. And speaking of places I've seen this, um, a, a language called Eiffel. Anyone out there know Eiffel? Really cool lang language. They used to call these uh, the invariance of, well, this would be the argument invariance, but it's more like you just want to range check mm -hmm. all your arguments. And it's like that you usually would use types to restrain the range of possible values, but the types can be just too, too big. You know, you say integer, but really it should be within this more specific range. C-sharp can't represent that in its syntax. Eiffel could. Yeah. Everyone could look up Eiffel. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is uh, just a quick way of writing all those terrible if throw, <laughs> if something throw argument exceptions. So I actually really dig this. It's just cleaner syntax for all that stuff. And the syntax reminds me a lot of unit testing. Just mm. change the word guard for assert. And yeah. it's just like unit testing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, the 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 Swift guarding is a little bit different because it, it reminds me more of an if statement because it has the curlies and you can do stuff if the guard is not passed. So you get to decide what the else. guard does. Yeah. And there's an else to the guard, but yes, th these are, these are good for just cleaning up, um, your public method entry points. I don't do this enough. I, I write it out longhand. Hmm. If span dot length is less than array dot length throw new. Yeah. So this is a good little library. Thank you for that. It's, it's fun. These kind of assertion libraries get, getting back to nullability. There are all sorts of these cool little, um, attributes you can put on the parameters to your functions to say, like, if this argument is null, then my return value is going to be null. Mm -hmm. If this argument's not null, then my return value will be not null. And it's a way to figure out this kind of dynamic nullability based on arguments. And I'm curious if they went to the effort in the guard library to do all that stuff too. So if you say guard, this is not null, then that will also inform the compiler. 
it's a really sophisticated build system we have these days but it's neat how all these pieces can actually work together yeah it's crazy it's yeah nulls whoever would have thought that we're just deep diving on nulls nonstop. <laughs> i mean they're the the bane of our bane vein bane 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 bane, bane, bane of our existence yeah. <laughs> um just like in batman yeah it's it, it just makes me mad Anytime I get a null reference exception, I just get mad. And that's why I have fully embraced the, uh, not fully, I'm lying. I've 20% embraced the uh, null ability checks on everything. But overall, it just makes me happy. Every time I turn null ability on in a file, I just feel happier because I have some confidence that it's actually going to work right. What do they call null, like the the billion dollar mistake? At this point, it's probably the 10 or 100 billion dollar mistake. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or you can just use F-sharp, everyone. Do I I call the episode null? Because if you call it null and it goes in the database, will that be? No, you got to say is not null. That way the database will be safe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because you hear all those stories which are accurate. Like, I think somebody has like the last name of null or something like that or something. Gosh. I was, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, C Sharp 9 features too. I don't know if null changed at all in C Sharp 10, but boy, was I glad to have that pattern matching because I didn't want to write, you know, dot equals null. What am I, an animal? No. I'm not going to write that. You don't want to do Blah. that. That's too you can much. also say uh, object dot reference equals and then pass the two arguments, but no, sir, not going to do that either. Yeah. That sounds terrible. We, I have standards. <laughs> I have standards. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, Look I at that. quick quick episode. Null. <laughs> well, I think from here on out, I think when you use is not null. I, I think that you've convinced me though. Cause I, you know, I actually forgot about that feature until you just talked about it now. So I think I'm all in. I'm yeah. In. I mean, pattern matching in general, I'm still not using it to its fullest. So I'm just taking parts. But I'm glad this one bit of it really really helped me get around a problem that i didn't want to deal with <laughs> yeah makes sense uh well i think that's it 30 minutes on null and file systems also thanks to our sponsor this week because we forgot to give them a sponsor read in november sync fusion that's right they sponsored last week and we'll probably talk about them next week too sync fusion handling all of your nulls for you automatically no i'm just kidding they have beautiful ui toolkits and controls for any type of application you're building whether it's Windows, web, desktop, cross-platform, you name it, they have beautiful charts, graphs, controls, pickers, selectors, list views, collection views, PDF viewers, edit image, all the things. Go to syncfusion.com slash conflict to learn more about all the amazing Syncfusion controls. Thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod and over 85 billion episodes of Merge <laughs> Conflict. Oh my goodness. Here's to 85 billion more. <laughs> I, I can't know. wait. That's too many. Well, Frank, thanks for talking about null with me. I'm going to go. I actually am going to use is not null from now on. That's my new default. You're going to null on out. going to null on out of this episode. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.